Podcasting with Kerry Jones. You can keep your fine dining. This beats any five-star restaurant. There's no question about that. How was the steak? Tremendous. Co- oh. Cooked to perfection. Did you, you enjoy yours? Stuff. Yeah. Sure, you have, the, you've hardly touched it. I know, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't touched it. I've, I bet you were up this morning, five o'clock, making this coleslaw, were you? I was, yeah. <laughs> well, it was actually about uh, quarter past six because I had to go to half five mess. I'm an altar boy as well, you see, so... <laughs> It's best to let the steaks rest a good while as well. I'm sure they're going to stay warm in that sun anyway. You see that, don't you? Yeah. Even if you cook it, you leave it on the top ah, of yeah. something for yeah. a while. Looks like cannibals doing this now, mate. So you got no knife and fork. I can't remember the last time I had a T-bone. Nor I. And with the vintage red as well. Well, it was a different day today than it has been the last couple of days. The wind's dropped. And lots more sun. We managed one fish this morning. I reckon if the cloak came, they come on, do you think? There's no question about that, Curry. There's no question about it. If you just got an hour of cloud, like we're on the dries, we you know, wind is insignificant to us now to be honest with you, but all we need is a little ripple. But you need cloud. But like, today, it's just pleasure fishing today. It is, yeah. But if you was fishing like a competition fishing, I don't know if you do competitions now. Not but would you, more. what method would you use out there today? I'd be using wets. I'd be pulling big, big wet mayflies. Because, like, if you look today, you know, most of the gulls we're seeing are in the kind of darker water, you know, in the deeper kind of water. So I'd be doing big, long drifts. I, I could even fish an intermediate line today. If I was competition fishing, I'd probably fish an intermediate tip. Yeah. Eight-pound line and three, three wet mayflies on. One of them would be green, one of them would be yellow, and then something else. Y- you always have to kind of cover the two colours of green and yellow during the mayfly on the carob. Different now once you hit four o'clock, you know, the greys and other stuff like that comes into it. But uh, I'd be just doing big long drifts across open water. <coughs> I'd try and stay in maybe, oh, I don't know, 10 to 20 foot of water on the outside of shallows and just just blast them back and then if you've seen the fish coming on splashing like mad switch switch to the floater and put on your put on your drives then yeah, yeah. you know your wolves or any of these yeah. cdc lads like you have a better chance to get them when they're when they're going mad but you, you might only see them going mad for 45 minutes you know you have to it'd be good to have t- two rods set up if you could in that situation these but. fish are so fine-tuned aren't they the change of conditions it's so delicate, I'll just knock them off or knock them on at any point. Like. Yeah, yeah. Like, to be fair, the last two days when I was out there, it was overcast. And it was a little bit stiff, the wind, but I don't mind that. But it was overcast and it was it was nice, those dark days, which is ideal you want. And then on the la- day before yesterday, it was unreal. It was like a David Attenborough film. It was these gals coming down. And it was like, who was going to get to the fly first? The trout or the gulls? Doesn't happen very often. No. And I was grabbing my camera every so often. Because you could just see them just diving down and just picking them up so delicate, like, off the surface. Yeah, well, there hasn't been the big catches like, you know, there used to be. I don't know, is it got to do with water clarity or whatever? But uh, now I haven't been on the lake for about a week or so, but... Uh, I haven't seen any massive hatches of mayfly where they're absolutely everywhere and dancing above the trees, you know, after yeah. lunch and stuff like that. And I'm seeing people walking the shore a lot longer trying to pick up mayflies than, the, than they used to be. I actually noticed one there now. He was down there and, I don't know, he must have been 20 minutes uh, walking the shore up there trying to get a few fly for dapping. Mm. But you think... Would you dap now? Do you dap these days? Uh... Uh, I wouldn't really, I, I, maybe once, maybe once during the mayfly season, I, I would definitely dap maybe once. I have a fishing partner who daps and he's very, very good at it and he has all the light match rods and stuff like that and 
it's it's great just to sit in the boat with them and you know you have this uh, you know center pin reel and can fine. you get like high end dappling rods then? Because I always thought dappling rods were like the Woolworth cheap cheerful. Or there are ones you can have, yeah. Well, everybody uses, you know, there's, there's, there's very good coarse fishing rod, match rods, you know, 13 foot, really light, and they're, oh, right. they're, they're the top rods for dapping nowadays. Uh, and would you use floss? A lot of people I'd speak to, they don't. Uh, I, I would try not to, if I could get away with it. I, I, I wouldn't, no, no. Uh, it's delicate, but do you know something? I, I used to have customers from Scotland, and they used to come over, fish the carob with myself and my father, They'd fish for about five days and they'd bring over the big dappin' flies, like these big kind of Loch Ordy dappin' flies. And yeah. I'd be saying to them, no, you can't be using them now. You have to use the natural mayfly. And they'd grease them up and they'd pull them kind of sidewards through the waves. They'd put Skating m- them, like. movement into them. And they'd, they'd be averaging, I don't know, 15 trout a day, okay. you know, per boat. And then some, some <coughs> days they got over 20. Uh, and it just goes to show, you know, you think you know a bit about the carob, but uh, it takes someone from Scotland to come over with a new technique, and lo and behold, uh, we actually, they were, they were killing too much trout, to be honest with you, and myself and my father says, you know, we need to take them out into 100 foot of water, because <laughs> they, they were just, like, the first day, they, they I'm not joking, you know, two boats, they killed, and, and we had no say in the matter, they're just... They just kept killing them. They, they killed 21 trout. So the second day, I think they killed 15. Isn't there a limit? There wasn't then. The, the limit was brought in. It's it's three three per angler per day now. And it was a 12-inch limit back then. It's a 13-inch limit now. And the third day, they got, I think, seven trout. And the fourth day, they got two trout. Because we kept bringing them deeper and deeper and deeper uh, to stop them killing these fish it was it was ridiculous to see now because we we put all our fish back we might keep one so they were fishing the artificial they were fishing the artificial yeah and it was kind of our home water where they were taking the fish out of down at birch hall and you know we had competitions coming up we we didn't want them taking all the easy fish out of it you know so we moved up the lake i'd done it years ago and the thing is i've spoken to a few people this week actually regarding dapping and they've all said, every one of them, they don't use floss. But the thing is, you, the concentration is intense then. Because you know it's like you're like watching your dry fly even, like you know? If you're watching your dapping rod, dapping fly, and then something catches your eye, you look away, it's hard then to get focus back where your fly is. At least with the floss, it can direct you, can't it? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you now, uh, you see, you said to me this morning there on the lake, you don't like to leave the dries too long in the water. Look, at, look at the seagull coming down now to take the bit of fat off the steak I threw out. Look, look at him there. Isn't he as brazen? But anyway, uh, I was fishing yeah, one day. He's still around. He's waiting for mine now. Yeah, no, he, he, can smell, he can smell the fat of the steak there in the, in the hedges. Go on, we won't shoot you. But uh, I remember fishing down at Rabbit Island one day. And I'd finished Gillian for the day. My people went in at lunchtime. And I had the rod set up in my boat with three dry flies on it. And I had a dappin' rod in the boat as well. And I said, just for pig iron, I said I'd do a drift to fish the two rods at the same time, you see. So in the left hand, I put the live mayflies on the dap out in front of me. You know, maybe 15 yards, just nice and comfortable. And then I set up my dry fly rod with three wolves on it and maybe casting 10 yards a line and just thrown out in front of me. So I'm fishing two rods at the same time, artificials and natural mayflies. And all you had to do was just literally roll cast the, uh, the yeah, wolves yeah. out every time. And the strangest thing happened to me. Uh, and I, I, I still can't believe what happened to this day and I still try and work it out. But the three wolves went down at the same time and there were three kind of 12, 13 inch fish. And I landed the three of them. Really? I put the three of them into the net, would you believe? And I realized then, Uchtarard have a hatchery for, for uh, trout for the lake. And the shallows at the back of Rabbit Island is one of the places that they, uh, they dump all the fry. So, and they tend to stay in the same area and they tend to shoal 
So that's exactly what happened then. But it was quite amazing because uh, there's a lad on the carob and I actually seen him fishing the two rods, fishing the dries on one rod and the dap on the other. And he's a good angler. And I says, I'd love to try that someday, you know, just to see could I do it. Uh, and that was fun. So dapping is not boring when you're fly casting as well at the same time in your other <laughs> hand. <laughs> and be dexterous at the same time. At the same time. I think the dap will take more fish than the other day. You'll, you'll get way bigger fish tapping. You do get the odd salmon, don't you, on a dap? Yeah, I never got one on a dap now, but they do, yeah. The steak is nice, isn't it? Oh my God, it's They just pull it apart, like. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And you need to let it rest, you know, for, for that length of time, to be honest with you. Mm. I think the only, they look so good straight out the pan, they almost set it straight away. But let to take some pictures first, that's the reason. Yeah, that's why I had a starter. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't do any guiding at all, no? No. This is the first season you've had in 25 years, is it? Not guiding on either? Yeah. Well, I wasn't there last year, but I did a lot of guiding up in other places. Uh, I've done a few days this year. Uh, I'm trying to limit it to, you know, friends and people I'm going to have a good day with. I, I, just, I just needed a break from it. I, I needed a year to fish. And I'm enjoying it. I'm very relaxed at the minute. As you can see, I'm sitting down on a rock here having a T-bone steak and a glass of wine with no hurry to get back out onto the lake because it's so sunny. But uh, it's nice to just take a break. Uh, what kind of gets to you when you're guiding, you know, every day is... And it was different for me because I was organising a few different boats and a few different ghillies. There's, there's tremendous pressure on you in the morning because everybody's kind of coming at the same time. And when you're guiding yourself... You still have to kind of set up everybody else. You know, there's always going to be little little things that go wrong in the morning. You know, people, uh, engines won't start. Uh, people forgot their rods. They don't have the right fly line. They mightn't have the right flies. They've no life jacket. They've no landing it. They've no cushion. This, that and the other. So you have to sort all them things out. And there's tremendous... Uh, stress and pressure on you to get everything done yeah. as fast as possible in the morning. Do you know what I find about this place though? Everything, the, the time goes so fast. Unbelievable. You know, you wake up, say, 8 o'clock, maybe you think, right, you'll be out now in an hour. No. You never get out till about half a Yeah. And so if you're taking your time, you're doing so many different things. But sure, it takes you, no matter who you are, it takes you 45 minutes to do up the boat in the morning, no matter who you are. And it takes you five minutes to tackle down so it's nice to just be able to you know just relax and enjoy your fishing and like you meet some people or guiding you know? I remember on the other podcast you said you know some funny stories of people who guide what was the story you were telling me out there now with the um, the guy with the helicopter oh yeah uh, so he'd hire me for two weeks in May during the Mayfly he'd stay in a house on uh, the shore in Uxerard there with his family and some of his business partners. They'd take over the whole house. I gillied them one day. They'd never really caught any fish dapping on the lake. And it was very, very windy. And he said to me, uh, so you're my new gilly. He says, uh, we've been coming here now for three or four years and we've, I think we've only caught about three or four trout. And we come for a couple of weeks at a time. It was a big enough old wave now. I said to him, I says, do you know, if you want fish today now, I says, uh, we'll troll flies for a few hours. And he says, uh, geez, that'd be brilliant. So they got, they got three, four, five trout. I can't remember what it was. And it was their best day ever. And they came in and then he said to me, right, he says, you're hired. He says, what's your rate? And I told him my rate. And he says, right, I'll give you such and such, which was over my rate. And he says, you just arrive here on the shore at the guest house in your boat every morning at 10 o'clock. And if my son wants to go fishing, this fell out plenty of money now. He says, uh, if, if my son wants to go fishing, we'll go fishing. And if he doesn't, you go fishing by yourself or you go home. You'll still get your, uh, your daily rate. And I went, gee, that's, 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 that's lovely. So about four or five days into this uh, fishing trip of his, it was the semi-final of the Champions League. Chelsea were playing Barcelona. 
and I like the soccer. I wouldn't be a, a Chelsea fan now. I'd be a Norwich fan, uh, sadly. But uh, they've gone down this year, haven't they? That, 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 Again. Thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah. They're up and down like a like a horse. Yo, yo. So anyway, he says to me, "Do you want to go and watch the match this evening?" He says, "We're Chelsea fans," and I says, "Cheers, uh, I'd love that." I says, and I thought he was talking about going into a pub in Uchtererd to watch it. So I had resigned myself to uh, booking a B&B or a hotel in Uchtererd for the night. And then he gets out the phone and he rings his pilot, Andrew. And he says, Andrew, where's the big bird? And Andrew replies, it's in that loan. She was thinking about his wife then, yeah. I hadn't a clue what he was on about. <laughs> like, I'm there standing in Wellington's. Do you know what I mean? And he says, uh, I can hear Andrew saying, uh, grand, and... Then Patrick says to him, well, myself and Mr. Folan are going to Stanford Bridge. Uh, fuel it up and make sure there's plenty of drink on board. And then Andrew says, uh, tell, tell Colin, there's, or tell Mr. Folan, there's champagne and there's gin and tonics on board. And if he'd like anything else, I can run down to the supermarket or whatever. And I says, no, I says, we'll have the, uh, we'll have the champagne going over. And we'll have the gin and tonics on the way back, I says. So uh, it, it was absolutely remarkable. Like, we, we landed in the, the helipad in, in Stamford Bridge. and Roman Abramovich was there at, the, like, a, a kiosk. And uh, Patrick's helicopter is a, a real high-end Sikorsky, an eight-seater. And he landed it right beside Roman Abramovich's Sikorsky. <laughs> and then he looked at me and he smirked and he says, he's very jealous of me because I have the newer model. He said, so uh, that was funny. The game was boring. It was nil all. But uh, geez, it was quite uh, amazing. And then, you only expected it to be in the boat, didn't it? Yeah, and then, then about two days later, uh, we came in off the lake and the small helicopter was on the shore outside the guest house. You couldn't land the big one there, you see. Uh, it's... it's not feasible. The small helicopter was there and he says, he says, Colin, he says, we're not going fishing today, but you're the only person never to ask me for a spin in the helicopter. Everyone else asks me. So he says, uh, Andrew will bring you wherever you want to go today, but you've only about a, an hour, an hour and a half flying max uh, because we, we, we won't have enough juice to get back. And I says, fine. He says, where would you like to go? And I says, I'd love to see Loch Carib from the air. And maybe Loch Mask, if, if that's okay. But uh, I'd love to see the shallows and the islands mm. of the Carib. And I remember it was an awful uh, windy and rainy day. Uh, absolutely terrible. During the Mayfly. And so we're flying around the lake. And like I didn't realise when you, when you take off in them small helicopters, the tail comes up first, you see. So you're kind of facing down on the ground. And you're, you're, you're going up into orbit, but you're looking down, you see. And and as well as that, there's no wipers on it. Do you know what I mean? So when the rain is coming in on the windscreen, you know, I was kind of looking. I was looking around for. I was going to say, "Will you turn on the feckin' wipers there, for God's sake?" You know, you can hardly see out, like you know. But to make a long story short, anyway, uh, amazing to see the rocks, and uh, they look like grains of sand from from the air. To be honest with you, over the Carib. Uh and I wanted to see Ashford Castle, the estate. Because there's so many kind of private little, you know, uh, <laughs> just little houses and estates within an estate. And I wanted to see that. And I said to Andrew, I says, just fly around Ashford Castle there and the estates and the grounds. I, I want to see it from the air. So basically what had happened then was four or five of the staff had came out to the helipad, you know, yeah. dressed up in their, their suits, like, you know, waiting to take your your baggage. They thought we were guests coming in to stay in Ashford Castle, like, you know, the most expensive hotel in Ireland. And I'm, I'm there in my Wellingtons, and I says to Andrew, do you know what you do now for the hell of it? Land on the helipad. And he goes, what? I says, land on the helipad there. The staff will come over. I'll take a look around, turn my nose up at it, in my Wellingtons, get back into the helicopter and instruct you to, t to take off again. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so that was fun. But it's amazing coming back over then, coming back over across the lake, like Ashford is over there as I pint. And coming back over there, the wind came something ferocious. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was, uh, so now he's flying under the wind. 
I'm not joking you. There's a boat dapping with like 15 foot or 16 foot or 17 foot. <laughs> you touched the tip. Dapping. <laughs> we didn't touch the tip. But I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to, you know, like he had to fly that low. Yeah. You literally can see the top eye of the rod. It was, good, it? it was not a bother to him, but, you know, for a man that hadn't been in a helicopter uh, too many times, it was a bit yeah. unnerving. You say about coming into uh, Ashford Castle and the staff thinking he was somebody. I had an incident yesterday. I was in Galway the night before, and uh, I called into the G Hotel, just randomly. I thought, I could do with a coffee now, which, as you know, was like, quite an expensive hotel in Galway. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I went in, they they were treating you a little bit over the top, you know, as if they were thought there was somebody. I really thought that. And I thought, I could take it, you know, no problem. It's just, oh, sit down. The boss, the manager, he goes, what would you like to drink? So I said, oh, I'll have a cappuccino. And he calls into this Polish girl's was, could you get this gentleman a coffee? So I sat down nice. I thought perhaps everyone gets his treatment. So I sat down, had this coffee. And when I finished then, I got up and I walked towards this payment reception area. I said, don't want to settle up. And they said, uh, and this woman there, she's the manager the looks of it. She said, no, it's okay, it's on us. I said, really? And uh, she says, yeah, Mick, counted your lucky days, she said. That, so that was, was nice. It's, so, it's so the I little things. They must have, it must have been a case of mistaken identity. They must have thought it was somebody else. Not at all. I'd say they listened to the podcast. <laughs> Quite probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Do you want another mouthful of wine, Kerry? Jesus There's God. only a small bit left. You have it. You have it. Do you want those mushrooms? No. I'll make you a swap then. You have the wine out of the mushrooms. Oh, sure. Look, you have wine left. Go for it, here. Isn't it great to be able to just sit down and nobody annoying you? And you've nothing to do, only wait for the sun to go in and the clouds to come out. <laughs> Isn't it great? Yeah, and the girls to come down then. Huh? And the girls, not the girls, the girls to come down. Well, we'll have to get two more glasses then. <laughs> no, I just think this is like... Like two years ago, this was a dream. This was taken away from us. Yeah. This was taken away from us. Yeah. And what, what harm were you doing? Do you know what I mean? Just because... No, that's right. The simple things. And do you know what? Funny enough, I don't know if this is the case, actually, whether or not... I am fishing a different area at the moment, which I haven't fished before, uh, down by Basil Shields' place. And the fish I'm having on the fly are great fish, like two and a half, biggest one, five and a half. They're all lumps. And I'm thinking to myself, is it maybe... Fish in this area, this part of the lake, always holds good fish. Or maybe that year and a half, two years, of yeah. no fishing in the lake makes a difference. There's no question about that. Like, you have to realise, I think the last the last count of boats on the lake, oh, Jesus, this must be about eight years ago, I think there was 2,000 boats on the lake. And of them 2,000 boats... Uh, fishing boats, angling boats, they'd be maybe, they'd probably be half them that would only fish during the Mayfly, you know, dapping and stuff like that. So, yeah. And it's a high volume of fish. Like, we fish the buzzers and we fish the dries and we fish the olives, but we don't kill our fish. We put them back and if, if anything, we're educating them. But like in the dap, you know, it's, you know, there, there can be four people in a boat. So that's a bag limit of three each. So that's 12 trout per day. Uh, and dappers are not really... And a lot of them are day outers, aren't they? They're just they day outers. Dapp. They're bringing out kids and stuff, you know. And so they, they kill the fish without really... They kill them, yeah. But So that's a lot of fish gone out of the lake. I wouldn't say there's 2,000 boats on the lake now. Mind you, jungle drums do go around quite quick, doesn't it? Because three, four days ago, when I, I told Basil I had six nice fish in that bay, the following oh, day, there was oh, like yeah. seven or eight boats in there. Absolutely, yeah. You say nothing. You give them... Like, myself and my father used to be called liars every time we'd come in from fishing and we'd go to, to uh, Canavies, the pub, on the way home for a, a quick pint. And, you know, we we were called liars. You know, fishermen are liars. They, they, they lie about what they caught. And we'd go in there every evening and they'd say, what you get? And we'd say, blank, nothing. 
and we could have got 12 or 15, you know. Yeah. And then they'd say, look, Merton Collin aren't catching any fish, so I feel better now I didn't catch any fish. But, it's, just, uh, it's just that Canavius in Ross Cattle. It is, yeah. yeah. I've never been in it. Oh, gee. There's... Uh, looks lovely outside. It does, yeah. There's two doors into it, and the door on the left-hand side, there's a spectacular uh, tree furrock stuffed, got in the same day. Uh, I think it's Barrett that got them. You know him, don't you, Barrett, from down my Cullen side? I think no. it's Barrett that got him. Uh, oh, three big lads in the one day. John Thomas, the uh, taxidermist. What he a great... does everything wrong, doesn't he? Yeah. He, but he did a great job of these three fish, and they're in the one case. It's it's spectacular now, and that's where all the, the fishermen go after their uh, right. after their day. It's, I'll have to go there. Yeah, and not only that, uh, the piss pot is in there, which is uh, an enamel potty from the uh, the uh, mental hospital down in Banishlow, <laughs> and we acquired it through. Uh, what do you mean? Is it a piss pot? It's it's a trophy we fish for. Oh, the, right, the they pot. call it the piss pot. We call it the piss pot. It has, it's mounted on a wooden base, brass plaques on it and the whole lot, but it's actually from the nut house. It's an actual piss pot? It's an actual potty, an enamel potty, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So we call it the piss pot cup. And all the people that, you know, would have a pint in Canavies or fish out of Birch Hall, uh, they'd fish for the piss pot every year. It's a kind of anti-competition competition, if you understand me. There is no... There's no prizes in it. There's no entry fee in it. Uh, Is it for the biggest brown? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, Kerr. i got to leave that one in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know, one time, one time... Uh, this is terrible. One time... Uh, this is going to be quite a recording. The more drink we're going to be drinking. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an awful one. Uh, I Like, once you win the piss pot, you, you can't win it for another five years. You see. <laughs> so anyway, you don't diarrhea then, do you? So wait, wait, you hear this? I uh, I won it one year. I think it was ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that. And you obviously go back the following year to defend, but if <coughs> you can't win it again, so somebody somebody else's name goes on the piss pot, and it's in it's in a glass case and everything. <laughs> like this thing is like this thing is pride and joy. It's like. To win the piss pot. Like Trout and Salmon did yeah. an article about the piss pot. Do you know what I mean? Did they? Yeah. The Taking piss the pot. Piss. Uh, John Wilshaw and Peter Gathercole. They did an article about it. So anyway, uh, i never forget it. The following year, this man won it. And I didn't particularly like this man. Yeah. Uh, we had some fallings out in the past. He's dead now, thank God. But anyway, his his wife his wife was going around with the piss pot, uh, and you know you'd you'd fill a cup like with champagne and, yeah, and yeah. no the and piss pot yeah. is always filled with cider because it looks like well, piss you see you know well at least this cider and she she handed me the uh, the piss pot to take a drink out of it now you have to realise that I've had the piss pot for the last year you see the trophy and she handed it to me and she goes take a drink out of that there Colin and I says I won't. I've been pissing in it for the last year, I says to her. <laughs> and there was, she nearly dropped it. Oh, stop. <laughs> and also in, in Canavies there, there's a, there's a map of, uh, there's a map of the Carib in it. Like a hand-drawn map of the Carib. Coloured in. Absolutely perfect. But maybe about 25 of us tied a fly for the frame. That would be, you know, special to you or special to me or special to my father or special to Cyril or Toby or whoever. <coughs> and uh, you can still see that in there. And we all tie them on size, I think we tie them on size 8 hooks. And they're mounted lovely in it. And my fly was a Connemara black, obviously, because Connemara is very special to me and precious to me. So that's another interesting uh, thing oh, to see right. it. And the bar is tiny, like, it's only it's only from here to the tree over there. I passed it every day this week. And from the outside, it's got these very modern blinds, and it's, it looks like inviting inside, you know? Yeah. I'll have to call in it. You were saying about the three fish, which John Thomas had done in the case. Yeah. The boat in, in Uttarad, he's done one with two in. So there's three in one case there, is it? There's three in one there, yeah. I didn't see the two fish in the boat in, I was in there... Was 10 going, days ago. 
Yeah, as you go in, there's literally straight in front of you by the bar on the right hand side. Two of them, one big one, one small, well, say small, there's one about five, I think, one about ten, I think. I'll have to have a look there this evening. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably see four later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's done a couple of fish for me, actually, John Thomas. Did he do the big one? He did, yeah. He wanted to do the big one. Yeah. He did one 18 months. He did one... But he's the best around, Kerry. Yeah. There's no one to compare with He him. does a great shape, good form. He really knows his stuff. And he's the only one, he was telling me, there's a certain technique he got where the head is the actual head. Well, a lot of them, they just stick in... in a, just The head you see on a case fish isn't the same. Yeah. Because they shrink, don't they? But he, he's got this technique, which he does, and it is... Have you ever been to his workshop? No. Great place, like. No. And I've used him a lot in the past, and, you know, whenever somebody got a big trout or a big salmon or something and they wanted to keep it as a trophy or whatever, uh, you know, I'd call him up and, you know, he'd tell you exactly what to do. You know, he'd say, now, wet a towel, wrap the fish yeah. gently in the towel and freeze him, and I'll come and collect him. You know, and, like, he'd be travelling... He's out the far side of Galway, and sure, I was out in Connemara, so he'd be travelling you know, 55, 58 miles to come out and collect it and stuff, you know. And yeah, I think he, he enjoys it as he, well. There's no question about that because you wouldn't travel to pick up a fish to go stuffing it uh, if you didn't enjoy it. I, I, when I had a 19 and a half, the first one I had from him, he actually said, I want to know what's the best thing to do with it. He said, don't put it in a bin liner. Most people put a bin liner, you know, a big bag. Yeah. No, he said, because when that defrosts, it takes the scales off. Yeah, okay. Best thing you can do is newspaper. Put a news, wrap it in a newspaper because when you defrost it then, or whatever the next stage is, you soak the, soak the fish, soak the paper, and the paper just comes off. Whereas paper, bags will rip the scales off. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Some of the guys coming in for lunch, no? They are. Them two lads were dapping there now. It would be interesting to see did they move yeah. any fish in the sun. Yeah. If they didn't, I'm going to put on the wet flies. Because I'd like to get a couple of fish. I know you'll get them on the dries, but there's very little cloud curry and the sun is burning it off. I think we've picked the right time to come in and have lunch, an early lunch. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, the man on the left is from Galway anyway, because he's wearing a Galway GAA hat, so <laughs> I'll probably know him. Do you know what I'd like as well? Yesterday I had trouble with my engine and I, I motored into Inishambo. And it was, a, it was a boat. They were looking for a place to, to have food. And they seen me, I think they were going to go elsewhere, but fair play to them. They could see I was pulling the pole cord. And they came in. Ah, oh, that's asked, lovely. That's, yeah. Do you want help? They said, yeah. you know, and I said, no, I'm okay. And I was working my way through it. And they came and had lunch sitting next to me. And then before they left, they said, this is our number. And they actually gave the number, just in case. Now, isn't know? that fantastic? Two Clare boys. Really isn't that good. fantastic now? Yeah. Because it is a dangerous place, isn't it? Things could happen up well, there. Yeah, it's 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 so big. Like, I remember I got stranded on this island. When, Hello, lads. How are you getting on? Oh yeah, yeah. He got he got a box of mackerel. He got a box of mackerel. <laughs> it is tough going out there, isn't it? No rice, fish rice, no rice, wind. No going out there. No, no. Not at all. You get any rice and stuff, Harry? I hope you're vegetarian. We're vegetarian, yeah. Is this vegetarian? Is this vegetarian? I love your Galway cap. Oh, I I spotted that in the boat. I said to Kerry there, I said, there's a there's a Galway fella anyway. I said, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot it's too bright. Did you, wrong. did you try the wet flies at all? I have, a, I have an artificial mayfly on. Okay. Japping them. I yeah. Had a great trout last week with me. Did you? Yeah, with a great wind. Where did you get yeah. them? I got them. Where were we talking? Oh, in Port Callum Bay. Port oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, just by chance, I got them. for two or three quarters pound. Lovely. Yeah, was he I, was he butter coloured? I got three trout yet for the mayfly. The mayfly is over. Ah. Uh, this is a big one. But sure, this is what we're talking about here for the last. Two hours. Yeah. It's great to be alive when it's you think of what's going on around the world and Yeah. It's great to be able to come out here freedom and have your lunch and Absolutely. And no one no Where one bothering you. you. I'm from Galway City. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh right. What's your surname? It's George. 
Stuart, yeah. I'm falling from Wood oh. Key. Falling from Wood Key. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you? Jones. Jones? From Wales, just north of Cardiff. Yeah, it's worth it though. accommodation, hire a and Yes, yes. Well, well. What's what's your first name? Paul. Paul. Well, this man is a, he has it worked out to a tea. Has he? Oh, he's coming here for so long. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get much money out of this villa now, to be honest with you. Uh, we used to have a great people. I used to be many years ago up there and up there. Did I you? Used to great people from Wales. And we live in Britain and Russia when we go fishing in the lakes. You going to have some lunch now or are you going to collect flies? If I get two more my flies, I'll do it for the day. Oh, don't say that now. Come on. Be optimistic. Come on, you need at least a dozen. Come on, for God's sake. This is a great island for them. You know. It is, yeah. And I don't see any coming off the water. No, there's very little now, very little. But that's a big problem now. Good luck to you. Good luck Hello. to you now, bye. When you get 10 south here, you'll have to stop at that. We'll have to stop so in about 45 minutes. I've seen these guys now collecting um, Mayfly. I remember one of the early years I came here, uh, there was a, I noticed on a field, we were near the lake actually, in some park nearby, and uh, there was a grandfather and his grandson walking this field, and uh, I was watching them, and uh, they were both walking and kicking the grass, and it was September time. Oh, for the daddy long legs? Grasshoppers. Oh, for grasshoppers? Yeah. Right, they're collecting the, and you could hear them, the cricketies sort of yeah. noise, isn't it? And then uh, the young boy had a jar, and this guy didn't have a jar, so he was collecting them and giving them to the boy then. Next thing, I was, I was watching, like, and I went up to chat to him, I was walking with them as I was, as I was, um, as I was there, and uh, he'd pick up one grasshopper, he'd put it in his mouth, and he'd go along, along, and... Oh, the other oh, fella had the box, was it? Yeah. And he had about six in his mouth. Jesus Christ Almighty. And right, and I thought to myself, don't they jump around? No, he said. You know, when they're in your mouth, they stay still. And all of a sudden, he just opened his mouth in, and just in his hand, he had six grasshoppers. Like something out of a horror movie, isn't it? I wouldn't put one in my mouth. They don't <laughs> six, like. It's like the coarse fishermen during the winter when they're fishing with the maggots, and it's like ice cold. They put the maggots in under their tongue to, yeah. to keep them warm so they won't freeze, you yeah. know? So they'll still wriggle. So after today, now, when we finished out today, you, you're not going to head back home. You're going to head up to Connemara, do some fishing here. Yeah, you know the spring salmon come into Connemara this time of the year. To be honest with you, and we've had a lot of rain over the last week, as you've probably witnessed, and the rivers will be swollen. They'll be dropping nicely, but there'll be a few spots. I think there's rain coming in again on uh, Monday. I think. So, yeah, I'd just go out there and try and, you know, I I like a few fisheries out there. It's it's not just Ina. On the know. lakes, no? I'd, I'd stay on the river. Oh, on the, on the river? Yeah, yeah. There's there's certain pools and certain rivers out there that will Will you get the fish. nod? Do you get people up there like in Ina now? Obviously, you, you work the most part of yeah. your life. If, do you have a nod and they say, right, there's salmon to, come up? You have to get that. You have to get that. But you see... There's not many people fishing out there at the minute. There's no angling pressure on most of the rivers out there. So you don't know exactly what's happening. You can't always rely on the fish counters that are coming in to, uh, you know, to, to count the number of salmon coming into these places. You know, quite often they go on the blink or they're not registering correctly. You see the floods come massively. Uh, I was out there two weeks ago. I fished uh, Delphi. And where I parked my car in the morning, the fella that I was fishing with, he said the water was up where you parked your car yesterday. And I reckoned it had dropped maybe at least four to five foot. Yeah. And a few days before that, I was down in Kong. I did a bit of fishing at, uh, at uh, Ashford there. And I rang a buddy of mine in Connemara who runs a fishery out there. And I said, what's the river like? because the, the, the rain was just torrential and he said, he said, now it's a small spate river, but he said it's unfishable for at least 36, if not 48 hours. He said the river has come up seven foot today. And that was that was the river in Kylemore. So. Did you realise I, I chatted with your mate, Keith? Oh yeah, yeah. Keith McDonnell, yeah. And I, 
I want to try and get in touch with him, actually, the fish. Yeah. Kyle Moore, He him. sent me a nice box of flies. He did, me too. Did he? Yeah. They're tasty, aren't they? Big, big... Yeah, big, uh, big articulated, articulated yolks. Yeah. Sex dungeons. Huh? Sex dungeon is one of them. It's a big <laughs> green one. That's what it's called. It's my favourite. Sex dungeon. Kelly Gallup ties them in the, in the States, yeah. And it's, I think it's one of Keith's favourite. That's what started Keith on yeah. these articulated flies, the sex dungeon. I know your favourite spot is um, uh, in Aina, down by the, the Butts. The Butts is my favourite, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. do you know what I was thinking? The boy's name, we were thinking earlier on, we were chatting about the time I, get, I guided for you. Oh, yeah, the young fella that, yeah. Jack something his name was. I think Jack is right. It was, yeah. Correct. Just to me now, no, Jack, Jack yeah. is right. Poor kid, he lost his dog in the morning, his it father is, then. Yeah, a labrator or a Wanted to or something, yeah. move his mind. Yeah. And never caught a salmon and got him to catch a salmon. I was so short chuffed. And sometimes when you guide in like that, it's like you get such a buzz when whoever you're with is catching. Because oh, you fulfilled them. There's, there's no question about that. There is no question about that. Jack, if yeah. the person is a nice person, uh, you'll do anything and you'll just you'll pray. You'll just pray and pray. And you'll be very respectful and very genteel in your in your speech towards them you know you, you won't be shouting and roaring at them like I've, I've an awful habit of shouting and roaring at people you know like an Albert yeah well Albert <laughs> uh, uh, yeah well Albert was gone for a few days but uh, when he didn't do what I said then I started yeah. shouting and roaring at them you know yeah uh, I remember or if, I suppose you've got to be nice to them because if they've given you tips especially when you got Tato to think of as well poor old Tato <laughs> But you see, you, see, you see, the thing is as well, Curry, uh, like, they'd obviously been with other gillies and guides before in the past, you see, and, like, I've been with loads of gillies and guides in the past, and they're very uh, placid, and they don't really, they don't really say too much to you. They'll, they'll tell you, you know, the, the norm, what they say to everybody else, so you need to be kind of forthright and I suppose a lot of my customers like uh, they, they like the abuse because that means then <laughs> you know they know that I care you know what I mean <laughs> like uh, I'll tell you a funny one I had uh, it shows your passion then doesn't it it, it shows your passion and it shows you're, you're willing to you know you want do the right catch. thing yeah. Yeah, yeah and you see now there's days there's days when you know nobody's going to catch a fish do you know what I mean the yeah. conditions are wrong yeah, and yeah. then you can relax and be nice and give them a nice day and help them with their casting and <laughs> rearrange their fly box for them and this, that and the other and give them advice on, on whatever. But then when you know there's a really good chance of getting fish, these days don't come around too often when you're fishing for wild fish, especially migratory fish. So you have to make the most of it. And, you know, it's, it's all hands to the pump straight away. Let's go. So anyway, a few years ago, I had two... Uh, two uh, two lads with me and we were fishing the river in Ina and I I really wanted the German to get the fish because uh, there was a great chance of a salmon now this, this day now the flood was in it and there was a great run of salmon I'd spotted them on the counter for two or three days previous to that there was, there was a good run this was about four years ago so I said to the two boys I says we'll go to Curlew which is about 600 700 metres up from the Derry Clare Butts, it's the outflow of Loch Ina and it fishes extremely well in, uh, in a massive flood. Uh, a lot of the fish from Loch Ina will actually, the salmon, will back down into Curlew because there's a great flow in there and they can use their fins, you know, and this, that and the other. And yeah. all the fish that are coming up will be encouraged to sit beside them. So this is the place now you can get five, six, seven salmon in a day. Uh, and there's not many places in Connemara that can get five, six, seven salmon in a day. Maybe the Europh, if, if you're lucky. So anyway, uh, I positioned the English fella halfway up. Uh, there's a stretch there we call the trout pool. And at the top of the trout pool, uh, because of floods and stuff like that, uh, the, there's spawning gravels there, and the gravels had shifted, and there's now like two pools there, and they fish well for salmon in high water. So I planked the English lad there. He's an old fella, well in his 70s, a surgeon. And I says, now you fish there and uh, ring me if you hook one. 
because I only had the one landing it with me and I, I wanted to bring it up for the journey <coughs> up to uh, up to Curlew. So I says to him, I says, fish there for no more than 30 minutes and then come up to me. So, Arad Jesus Christ, it was, it was nearly two hours and there was no sign of a man. So I said to the German, I says, right, two things has happened here now, I says. Either he's fallen in or he's hooked a salmon. So we'd better go down and investigate this straight away. We didn't catch any fish. So down we went and there was your man playing a salmon, you see. Now when I say playing it, the, the rod was hardly bent. There was, there was maybe two inches in, in bent. bent in the top of the rod, you see. Yeah. And he's using like an 11 weight or 11 foot uh, 8 weight rod. And he goes, uh, I have a big salmon, I have a big salmon, he says. I'm, I'm, I'm playing him now for an hour and a half. And sure, he wasn't putting any pressure on him at all, you see. And I says, for fix sake, I says, you're not playing him. You're reviving him, I says. Would you reel up, reel up, and you're reviving him. And then got the net under him, and that was his first salmon. Good one now, he was about seven pound. But uh, he loved that, you know. Like when we went back to the hotel, there was champagne and this, that, and the other, and... He says, I just realised, he says, you know, he says, the language out of you earlier on, you know, this is my first salmon. And you started saying me that I was reviving the fish, not playing the fish. And I thought I was playing the fish. I've only just realised now what you meant, because within two minutes of you coming down, the rod was bent down to the cork and then the fish was in the net. So thank you. And I says, you're welcome. But some people don't like being given out to when they're fishing. Uh, nobody likes being given out to in any uh, state of things. Oh. I don't know about you, but this wine's gone to my head now. Just as well you only got the one wine, the one bottle. Yeah, but it's a it's a heavy wine. I'm looking at gulls over there, but they're not picking. They're just they're just flying. They're just moving. They are, aren't they? They're hovering above, waiting. Well, I guess waiting. He goes to show that maybe that that it's not so much the trouts don't come up in this weather. The flies are not hatching. No. But the girls will be taking them otherwise. Yeah, but sure, but you, you're waiting two years to hatch. Are you going to hatch in bright sunshine and get... Now, I know they don't have brains like uh, the likes of us do, but... Uh, I don't know. Lucky for them. I can feel my head burning. So I made this a brew? Uh, you go ahead, I won't have one. I think I'll have a coffee. Actually. Oh, do, 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 please. Oh, it's the sort of place, this island. It is. You just literally... Put your head down and just sleep for a couple of hours. And the great thing about here is you've no sheep around here, so there's no ticks or anything like that. I got one with Stephen Barry down way down the lake uh, a few weeks ago. You? I, I did, about a month ago actually, yeah. What do you mean you carry them? Do you? They, I, he, was just, he was in my lower back, just here. How my... big are they then? Huh? How big are they? Oh. You could see them. I thought ticks were like tiny, minute. Uh, no, well, there's a few different types of them, like. But th this fella was, uh, I suppose he'd be about a, a size sixteen. <laughs> size sixteen tick. Camasan. There is a bit of kind of manure there of some sort, but it's it's not, it's not from sheep, uh, and I presume, like that's so crusty there, it's probably got washed up from floods. This is the tonto on you. Yeah. No, I knew it's not from sheep because I just tasted it. I thought it was a bit of steak that fell off my plate. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a look at their boat there and see if it's a, a Mons or a Philbin. It looks like a Mons. One thing for sure is them two guys won't be lifting that engine on and off. I can't see there's a bush in the way for me. Was it a big one there? I'd say it's a 15 Yamaha or a, a Honda. Four stroke. But you know what? The week... You know, seeing these two guys now, both of them should be in the 60s plus, right? Oh, they're, they're in their 70s, for God's sake. Yeah, quite probably, right? And you know what? I've been, you know, what is it, 10 days, something like that? And I don't think I've seen anyone under the age of 50. It's not looking good, is it? No. Like, the thing about the mayfly on the carob that, that is, I can't believe that I haven't spotted today, is the big orange buoyancy aids on the kids Children. like I haven't seen one orange buoyancy aid on a kid today I haven't seen a kid on the lake today whereas before you'd see like three or four kids and they'd be cousins of each other going out with the uncle and stuff you know Yeah. Uh, this weekend you might perhaps yeah 
it's a nice weekend even though it's not great for fishing forecast it's the weekend which you're likely to see children out yeah but sure you, you know as well as i do it's just about the day out like and for yeah and you know what over the years even since i was fishing you, you go into different clubs and guilds and things and, and they're always saying you know the fellas or the, the young children aren't coming through you know, and you don't really take much notice of it until you start getting older yourself you actually realize yeah. there ain't there ain't there ain't you see the world has changed as well like you know yeah like when i was growing up there when i was in my 20s and 30s you know like i'd have no problem going to a friend's house to collect their young sons or daughters i'd say come on up the lake with me for today i'll bring them up tomorrow and you know, they just say, Colin, come and collect them. Like, you, you can't do that now, you know, no. you, you can't. It's a different world. And to see, to see the excitement on a, a young kid's face when they either rise a fish or hook a fish or play a fish, it's just, it's just magic. That's what it's all about, because yeah. I can remember these things when I was, you know, less than 10 years of age, and they, they stay with you for life, you know. And even though you've probably got one maybe six or seven inches, you know, he, he's like fucking three or four pounds nowadays, you know. That's what he feels. I'm going to switch to wet flies now for the afternoon. Well, I'm going to stick to the dries. Good man. I'll bring them in. They'll follow me. I'm going to put on two big muddlers, a green one and a yellow one. You bring them in and I'll cast them up and yeah, take them on dry. that's the way to do it. We'll have to have our own piss pot trophy. <laughs> the way we're going, it could happen fairly fucking soon. We'll have to have a night in Galway's as well. Yeah. I almost, last night, because last, no last night, night well, I lose track of days now. Night, I, kn I knew we were going to fish today. Um, I think it was the night before last I went down to Salt Hill. Yeah. I almost thought I'd let you know, but I knew that we'd probably end up having a food to drink and I probably wouldn't be fishing the next day. We'd probably end up off the coast of Venezuela on some kind of oil tanker with our <laughs> underpants on our head. Again. Again. <laughs> well, I'm going to make a brew now. Before you make a brew. I want to just check, do I have my uh, box of muddlers with me? Because I think muddlers have worked today. Nice I think I do, but I just want to double check. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get two extra podcasts each month. That's one every week, plus bonus content, photography, and other exclusive content, plus access to over 60-plus episodes. You can join my Patreon channel by visiting patreon.com forward slash castingwithkellyjones or see the links on my website castingwithkellyjones.com or see my posts on Facebook and Instagram. Well, that's all for now. Tight lines and don't strike too soon. <laughs>